Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. And I'm Michelle. And listeners, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, we did, this is going back, you haven't heard the episodes yet, but we did a couple of like really, really great movies. And then we did a couple of really not great movies. And I think the whiplash, it broke me. <laughs> Because the other night, you and I were, as we were doing, as we usually do, we were looking through the streaming services and trying to find a movie, and we just, we kept looking at these romances, and I was like, I just, I I don't have it in me, coach. <laughs> so, we are deviating from the norm. This is basically, we're, we're going to do this and maybe another kind of like palate cleanser kind of episode to just... Get get the bad taste out of our mouths, or at least mine specifically. <laughs> just kind of re reboot us. A little yeah, bit. just kind of a little little bit of a reboot. And uh, so this time, even though there is like a tiny little niblet, a sousson of romance. <laughs> there's there's in, a couple of slivers in, in this in this movie. <clears throat> for the most part, it's a bro film. Yes, it's it's very doodly, and we're going to be talking about. The greatest adaptation of the Three Musketeers in movie form because because I can't. Cause we're talking about the Three Musketeers, the series, the Musketeers, the BBC series, the BBC series is so goddamn so good. good. I still watched the last season. I've I, I haven't either because the first two are so good. The first two are so good, and then before we could see series three, it was canceled, and so it, just knowing yeah. that there's never going it never to be aired anymore. on um, yeah. On TV, it, it never aired on BBC America here. Yeah, it yeah. just went to Hulu. And I, it's like that series holds such a close place in my heart because, like, I remember <laughs> you guys had watched the first episode, and <laughs> then you showed it to me, and like I was hooked, and so we started watching it when I came over yeah. weekly. And I will never forget the I cannot believe you slept with the queen. Like, oh man, like, Santiago I, Cabrera. I, no, stupid. <laughs> no, like, he's the one who slept yeah, with the queen. Yeah, he's the one who slept with the queen. But, like, I already loved Tom Burt from a couple of other things, and that just fucking cemented it. <gasps> oh, it's so and, well, and, yeah, and, like, there's so many people. And, like, Peter Capaldi. As I mean, Cardinal Richelieu. As Cardinal Richelieu. I mean, like, I'd put him up against the Cardinal Richelieu in this movie. Like, I, it'd be I an mean, interesting it, matchup, so he'd win. It, it's the difference between, like, that one, like, the Musketeers TV series feels a little more like live theater. That's Whereas, fair. like this one, it's a little more popcorn movie. Oh, it's I mean, absolutely a popcorn movie. And but I mean, like I said, it like it's the greatest Musketeer movie adaptation. <laughs> is like what I'm going to say. There's some people who disagree with you, and we'll get to that. Oh, I don't fucking care. They can <laughs> eat me. So we're talking <laughs> to be more specific and do our you know factoids. Yeah, that we like do. sorry, I'm like kicking us off the rails. Oh no, it's great. But we're talking about Disney's The Three Musketeers, made in 1993, uh-huh. which stars Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt, Chris O'Donnell, Tim Curry, Rebecca DeMornay, and then for us, Gabriel Anwar and Paul McGann, to name just a few. There's a whole bunch of people in this movie. Uh, it was directed by Stephen Herrick, who also directed the live-action 101 Dalmatian movie. Okay. Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. <gasps> One of my favorite movies of all time. And then a number of episodes of the new MacGyver and Y50. Mm-hmm. So he's he's still active. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
obviously it's written it's based on the novel written by alexander dumas, dumas. yeah uh, but it was uh, adapted by david lowry L-O-U-G-H-E-R-Y. Yeah. Uh, who also wrote who also wrote Tom and Huck, or rather adapted Tom and Huck. Oh, okay. and, and the Beyonce thriller obsessed. <laughs> um, it has an IMDB score of 6.4 out of 10. It should be higher. A Rotten Tomato score of 28%. Oh, boo. And then because I always tried it when, when it's a movie yeah. before the 2000s, uh, Ebert gave it two out of four. And said I'm it was surprised. the only good thing in this movie was oh, I'm trying to remember now because it's been two weeks since I read this. Uh, the only good thing in the movie was Chris O'Donnell, I think, because he was cha- he had just come off the scent of a woman, uh, mm. and so he had some issues with everything in the movie. Well, of course he did because he doesn't know how to have fun, <laughs> and that's what this movie is. This movie is this, unadulterated, unabashed this, fun. This movie, it's simultaneously. Like, it is a serious film, but it yeah. does not take itself seriously. No. And like, it's a French film, and not a single character has a French accent. One! Oh, yeah, Julie one. Delpy! Just Julie Delpy, who, who plays Constance. Yeah. I think I wrote that later, but yeah. Constance is the only person with a French accent in this the film. The only one. It's so funny. Everyone else is just like, I'm going to do whatever I feel Everybody like. Everybody else. Oliver has- Platt is literally going, I'm going to do what I feel like in this scene. I mean, it's the, beautiful. The literal three musketeers, or like the four, are American. Yes. Uh, Rochefort is like somewhere between which the guy who plays Rochefort, I because I I've Michael been, Wincott, yes, Michael Wincott, who plays Rochefort, also was in Count of Monte Cristo he, several he, years yeah, he was later. The so I've talked about him Chateau a little. Deep, yeah, yeah. So I know him my, mainly as the as horrible Rochefort mm-hmm. and horrible Chateau Deef warden. Yeah, like that's well, all I know. he's it, like I remember. I can't. I think it's. I think it's Alien Resurrection. It was the one with Winona Ryder. It was terrible, but he was good in it. <laughs> he did not last long because nobody does except for Sigourney Weaver. That is the rule of an Aliens movie. <laughs> like, everybody else dies, Sigourney Weaver lives. This is the only rule you need. Um, but yeah, it's like th- this movie, it's not meant to be taken no. seriously. I will say re-watching it because the last time that I watched this movie it was literally like in the past couple of years and it was one night after D&D yeah. and you and Kimmy and I just said fuck it and we put it in and we watched the movie and like I remember it was like one o'clock in the morning when I got home after we watched this. It's just such a fun and movie. It, it was like we just had a blast and but that was the last, you know, we weren't doing, we weren't really doing the podcast then. Yeah. Or if we were, we weren't doing it wasn't like in, this. It yeah. wasn't like this. And I just, like, when I started rewatching it, I was like, it's, it's mainly fun. And like, and I had a blast rewatching it. But there were things like rewatching it that I was like, holy fuck, that's great. Like, yeah. I've, I've always loved Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. Like, I mean, and like going back to like I've I've loved his dad in many things, like his, his dad Donald Sutherland. I mean, his dad Donald Sutherland was the original Hawkeye Pierce, yep. and the Robert Altman mash movie. So I'm like, I, I have a very soft spot. Um, but I've you know I'm I refer like I I mainly grew up in the 90s, but like I I have enough memory of the late 80s that like yeah. I saw so many Kiefer Sutherland movies. And like things like uh, Flatliners and Lost Boys mm-hmm. and just so many things like that, 
he is such like an iconic actor for me in so yeah. many ways. But because he plays such a dour character in in this movie, I always tend to, like, especially, like, most, especially when I was younger, I over, completely, like, overlooked him in favor of, like, the comedy of Charlie Sheen and Oliver Platt. That's who it is. Ebert just thought Oliver Platt was the only one doing a good job in this movie. Okay. That's who it was. Sorry. My brain oh my did God. the thing. Which, Oliver Platt in this movie is it's one of the funniest people in this movie. Oliver Platt is always the funniest thing in anything. It's just, he's, he's so in. good. And then even Charlie Sheen, who I am not Which, a huge fan of personally, but the fact, this movie. The, the fact that the cross he wears doesn't burst into flame. Like, <laughs> you can tell this is a different time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> it's fair. But I mean, like like I was saying, the, um, but like Kiefer Sutherland, the fact that like, you know, I, like I just spent all of these years just kind of overlooking him in favor of like the comedy of of Charlie Sheen and Oliver Platt and just like the delicious evil that is Tim Curry. Yeah. And and all these things that like rewatching it this time, I was like, holy fuck, my dude. He's, I'm like, like you were like, He's acting good. his ass off in this movie. Yeah. Like, like as much like the the scene to jump just for a second, the scene where he tells the story of his past, yeah, is one has always been one of my favorite scenes. Yes, At this like we'll get to it when we're talking about it, but like pretty much everything that happens with him and Rebecca De Mornay <gasps> is so good. Like it, it's brilliant. Dude, it like it it broke me like, this time. That is the one thing I'm gonna say it, and and you can you can throw me off my own podcast. That is where I think it's better than the BBC one because I dislike. Athos and Milady in it's, the BBC one. I, I think Milady's more annoying in the BBC one. I, than, I agree. Than Rebecca de Mornay's beautiful it's because, evil. And partly it's because we don't have the time in this movie to really get into her character. And so yeah. in this movie, she is ice cold. It's fabulous. It like she is ice cold, and like you see why in the. In the BBC one, it's she's because she. I felt like that kept her too long on the BBC one. I I completely agree. Yeah, when she got rid of Richelieu, you should have gotten rid of my lady. I I completely agree. Like I don't think she and I don't think she and Rochefort work as well together in the BBC series, and it just and I don't know. Like they're. there's something in the way that Sutherland plays everything with her. Yes. That makes my heart it's, like weep. It's I, so good. This is going to sound ridiculous. Even though it's a stupid popcorn movie. It's it so is. Good. But the, this is going to sound, the, um, in this, in this, because what happens with, with Athos and Milady, like there is, it is like, I'm t- like this is like Russian levels of tragedy here. Yeah, told it, in like ten minutes. <laughs> exactly, and like it, you get like a full like beginning, middle, and end of this story, yeah. and like, and it is tragic. And they are they are both acting at the same level of tragedy. Yeah, and and in the BBC series. I feel like Tom Burke, he plays Athos with this kind of, like, he's bringing this Kiefer Sutherland energy to it. Yeah. But Milady, who's played Mamie, I can never remember her last name. Oh, man, her I don't name. Um, I will have to look that up later. But she, um, like, there's something, like, she has this righteous anger 
that doesn't match the tragedy that he feels for the situation. Yeah. That's a better way of explaining it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a mismatched performance. Whereas Kiefer and Rebecca, like Demorne and and Sutherland just have this like connection where you buy their history in seconds. The seconds their second their eyes meet when they first share a screen, you believe their history. Yeah, I I also think like a different like a problem that I have with the the Athos Milady on the BBC series is that it's um I'm trying to think of the way that I want to describe it. That it's um that she still that she's like, they try to play both sides of the coin of him being too smart for her tricks, but she's still able to manipulate him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, dude, like we, I think I got more, this is going to sound really weird. Spoilers for the show, the Musketeers. The way the second season ended is she doesn't, she gets away. Yeah. Like I love the, she does like, we're going to get to it when we talk about the movie, but yeah. while she did not commit those crimes before Athos, she did commit crimes after him. Yeah. And she has to, like, I like that that tragedy and that, that cycle that now she's got to pay for something she did do. Yeah. Whereas she, before she hadn't committed those crimes. Like, I, I like that tragic, that tragic cycle that they're mm-hmm. trapped in. And so the fact that it almost ends with him leaving with her upset me. Yeah. Like, I, just because I'm like, Milady's fine, whatever. She helped them a few times and stuff. Yeah. She's a very, like... She's a necessary evil to yeah. some extent. Yeah. She, she's a she's a different type of bad guy in that show. And it, it, the show is, itself is phenomenal. It's, it's, and yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so good. We haven't watched the last season, so we can't speak right. to that. But the first I, two seasons it, de- de- depending so Depending on how, like, I am going to watch it. Depending on how series three works out, D'Artagnan and Constance oh, yeah. are probably going to be on my because OTP list. They get more than three scenes together, unlike this movie. Yes. <laughs> Which we probably ought to actually talk about this movie. We now. probably should. So, but like guys, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know this is what we do. This is how it okay. works. Also, do you remember our college put on a production of the Three Musketeers? Was not there when that happened. Were you not? I don't believe so because it did not happen. I never saw it. Okay. Because um, I know the musical they did the year before I came. I don't know anything yeah, else. Yeah, the musical, yeah, because the year before you came, it was I'm Everest so glad Rogers. I didn't see it. Um, dude, it was good. But, but man, it wouldn't have lived up to the to the 1950s one. I can't. I, That's my oh, favorite man. movie, guys. That's oh, I, I turned can't. it on the other day because I had a headache and I needed comfort food. Um... But no, they they did this. It was the it was the fall play because because the way that our school did was like it was a play in the fall and a musical, musical in the spring. spring. Yeah, I didn't see it, so oh, I mean, well, been there, I guess I, I guess what it was, I guess it was that. Um, I don't know because like you was I, I would guess, have been there in the fall, but I think what it was was it was that it was that year that I was still in Branson because I remember because Kesta was still in school and I was gone already and you you had already gone because yeah I, I think our school could have done a really good production of it for sure it was okay um, I cannot remember his last name but it was the guy who, he he wasn't necessarily in the theater department always but like he was kind of a theater part he was kind of adjacent. Like, yeah, he he was kind of in that orbit. Uh, his name was Sam. Okay, you know who I'm talking about. Yep. He was the kind. He was like the Richelieu kind of whatever. And they played it up for comedy 
And, um, and at some point there was a moment where you could tell, like, he basically forgot his line <laughs> and because he just, there was something he was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like this, this is, this is the answer you're giving me. Really? <laughs> and, and he says that. And then he pauses and he goes, really? And like, it was, there was just this moment and Kes, I remember Kesta and I looking at each other and like, Mm, was that in the script? And like, but yeah, I, and I remember her because because of like her whole situation of having to like drop out for like a semester and then yeah. having to come back and yeah, and everything. And it like could have been my senior year because I don't remember what they did my senior year either. Uh, so it oh could God, have been that. I don't know. Um, but they, uh, but yeah, but they did this, and I remember because she was basically taking a lot of. Um, because uh, she basically had all of her requirements, and so she didn't have that many hours that she had to take, but you had to have, like, a minimum requirement of hours. So she was basically taking a lot of just, like, dick-around classes. Yeah. And one of them was with the head of the theater department, and so she had to, like, she had to go to this thing and, like, yeah. write a paper on it. And so, I like, that's why I went to see the Three Musketeers <laughs> with her at school. <laughs> Because, so, but yeah, it was. I re- it was an interesting production. It was okay. Like I remember feeling like they played up the comedy a little too much because there was a character that was like, it was like D'Artagnan's sister, and like it it ended with like she gets killed or something, and and then um he's basically like oh my my sister and oh i like i'll never get over this grief and then literally 2 seconds later he's like well i'm over it it was weird it was weird tonally now disney did do a remake of the three musketeers in 2011 was that disney that was disney oh um, uh, why i don't know but it was why disney it was and i'm just for briefly cuz i did see it um, it stars Logan Lerman as D'Artagnan, which is weird because he's okay. Yeah. But there, there was the Musketeer, and which was the Musketeer is uh, I actually own that. It's um, Jonathan or no, some Chambers, Justin Chambers from Grey's okay. Anatomy, or Massimo, Massimo as we know him from The Wedding Planner. Yeah. Uh, but this one starred Matthew McFadden as Athos. Yeah, see, I always get those two confused because, like, one came, I forget, because one's called The Musketeer. The Musketeer came out uh, after this, but it, I think in the 90s, the late 90s, maybe the early 2000s. I was the, probably the early It's one 2000s, of the two, yeah, because yeah. it's not too far. It's, it's right around the wedding planner time because he doesn't look that different. Yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, it stars uh, Matthew McFadden as Athos, Ray Stevenson as Porthos, uh, and then. A wonderful casting choice, Luke Evans as Aramis. Yes. Agreed. But then you have this weird choice to me. Milady Mila Jovovich. Yeah, that she made no sense to me. Logan Lerman made absolutely no sense. And then sense they to brought me. in the Duke of Buckingham into the story. Which, okay, Orlando got a chance to like choose some fucking and scenery. He did. He's and he's so funny. He it. did. He but, is hilarious in it. Like there were some other people like Mads Mickelson is Rochefort. Yeah, and it's, no. uh, I was looking for Richelieu, and I don't see him. He, I honestly don't know that Richelieu was... I don't remember Richelieu uh, being in it. Cagliostro is in it. Not yeah, much. I don't remember Richelieu. Yeah, Richelieu's not yeah, in it. Rich, I don't remember Which Richelieu. seems like a huge weirdo. Like, a weird thing to not Considering that Richelieu has always been, like, the villain of the... Of, like, the musketeer, you know, pieces. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's weird to not have him in it. 
But anyway, um, I just thought I'd throw that out there because I have it, seen that movie and I don't like it. I, yeah. It, it did the thing, like, it did, like, a weird, like, steampunk version and it just didn't work it, for me. It absolutely did not work. Like, and it's, it's again, it, like, the tone of that one is all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't I know mean, what like, it's doing. I, I the only thing about it that I, like, because at that time, I don't think I really knew who Luke Evans was. Yeah. Probably. So like the literally the only thing I remember about that movie is Matthew McFadden and like that because like I, you know I watch a lot of British shit yeah. so I had seen him in like bits and pieces of things and I know I'd seen him in Death at a Funeral at that point yeah that's a great but movie. um but this is like the first time like seeing him in anything like that yeah like. And so, like, he stood out to me, and then just the ridiculousness that was Orlando Bloom. Like, oh, that's what I remember. so funny. Yeah, like, that's all that I remember. It was, like, Orlando was funny, I and Matthew the was gunships. good. The, There's a gunship chase in that it movie. It was so goddamn dumb. But, but whereas this movie has its dumb points, it's so funny and grounded. Well, and the thing they do make like night like nineteen nineties jokes because well it was the nineties it was the nineties and this is the most nineties cast you were ever going uh-huh. to get okay I'll put it this way the most nineties white cast you well, were ever going and to this, get I, I did not remember until I was looking at Ebert's review literally this is right the next thing Chris O'Donnell did after Scent of a Woman mm-hmm. which he was like hugely mm-hmm. lauded for uh, yeah and um, he danced and Gabrielle Anwar is also say, in Scent of a Woman I was, I was about to say I thought she was yeah, yeah. she dances with Pacino which. I God, I love her so much. I like her pretty well in a lot of this stuff. She's on Burn Notice later, and I just I never really I liked her on that I show. I could not get into Burn Notice. Yeah. Um, but there was a movie that she was in with the actor. I cannot remember his name, but he he's basically only known for playing Jake Ryan in Sixteen Candles, like the, oh, um, the, the Matt Dillon knockoff. Yeah, that guy. Um. But he, um, the two of them were in a movie. It was shown on Disney Channel all the time when I was a kid. I don't know that it's actually a Disney movie, mm-hmm. but it was shown on the Disney Channel. Um, and it's called Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. And it, it may was, have been like a uh, Disney, like, like Wonderful World of Disney movie. kind of thing. Yeah, it, like, and that, it came out in like '91. Yeah, I they think. used to do like a Sunday night movie kind of thing. Basically, yeah. Because Knightley play. There's one with Kira Knightley playing Robin Hood's daughter. In yeah, Princess too. of Thieves yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it, it was something probably something in that. It was something to that effect, or kind of like a like a Hallmark Hall of Fame kind yeah, of thing to that. Yeah, and I like I loved her from that. And then, like, and this movie, too, and... She's so fun in this movie. Like, she's so good in this movie. Like, like she... And, she, and she doesn't have to be... This is sound so weird. She doesn't have to be, like, a fighting, like... Because that's what she is in, like, a lot of her other movies. Yeah. She's more, like... She's, she always plays somebody feisty. Feisty. And, and while she's feisty here, she also brings this, like, really there, beautiful genteelness there, to yeah, there's there's a an elegance of duty about her yeah to queen anne that i just really love i don't know anne has always been one of my favorite characters even though she gets very little screen time yeah i i love her and um and i i cannot gush enough about hugh o'connor who plays, plays Louis. Louis. Oh, I didn't write him down, but yeah, he's so good. I mean, like he, he is a great Irish actor. Like, yeah. and I've seen him in so many things and a really, really God awful, terrible movie that you and I watched. It was one of the, it was when we were doing our Hallmark binges, the one with John Reese Davies and Fanula Flanagan, the change, change your, your ways. 
that movie. Cannot remember what it's called, but he's the angel who he works is. under John yeah. Reese Davies. She's he's in Shock a lot as well. Yes, which he's he's the one of the priests in Shock a lot. And so. like, and he, he he pops up in a lot of things like on British television. And I I just I absolutely adore him. Yeah. And he he brings such like a a like a youthful like sincerity to Louis. Well, and he does, makes Louis not a doof. Yeah, like every other version of of Musketeers, Louis a doof. Every yeah. other version. I'm not like okay. Ryan Gage on the BBC series, like, is hilarious. Yeah, he's a doof though. Yeah, he absolutely is. He's a total doof. He, um, but he, I buy Louis as a young king. I, I buy yes. Hugh O'Connor as a young Louis, a young King Louis. Yeah, like it just works. It yeah. There there's and there's also something very like there's something there like like I said youthful and that like eager to please and we see that in his interactions with mm-hmm. Anne but he also wants to be taken so seriously and like and god bless him he like he has the cojones to try to stand up to the cardinal on his own yeah he tries like yeah like he tries so hard and the cardinal's really good at manipulating him because the cardinal's been manipulating him since birth oh so like to look yeah. at it from that perspective like how the cardinal has known this this kid his whole life yeah yeah, anyway, oh, I just love this movie, guys. Like, it's such a fun movie. <laughs> you feel like this, and, this is going to be a three-hour episode, oh, guys. Man. Buckled in. Yeah, so did you have a synopsis for it? Oh, just to fuck, give yeah, people I like forgot a about that. If, if you know nothing about the Three Musketeers, um, young D'Artagnan heads to Paris to join the Musketeers, but Cardinal Richelieu has disbanded them, save three. He meets Athos, Porthos, and Aramis, and joins them on their quest to save king and country. Yep, that's, that's sort of what happens. Because, <laughs> like... So the best thing is like that was the opening the best synopsis that I could get. The, They're all over the place. The opening of this movie is so much more sinister than anything else in this movie. Absolutely. I literally like my the, first note is that I forgot how dark the opening oh, is. The opening I, is so dark. It's other, so great. Other than the one less mouth to feed line, which full disclosure, this movie was on repeat play in my house growing up. Oh, mine too. We had the, like, foam case, which means it was a serious, like, we actually loved this movie. And see, th- like, this is a this is a reverse of how it usually is. Like, you had the actual movie, and, like, I had the yeah. one that, like, we bought it on pay-per-view and recorded it. Yeah, no. My and- mother, to this day, can watch this movie and quote almost all of it. Yeah. And One Less Mouth to Feed is still one of the, oh. like, lines. Like, she'll say it because she's a cook at a camp, and she'll say that. Like, yeah, a kid goes home. She goes one less mouth to feed, and then she just. Laughs. I, but for whatever reason, like even though like, I remember that line, I always forget like where it takes oh place. God, so fun, yeah. And because like, my brain just immediately thinks that this movie begins with the uh, the Paul McGann sword fight, yeah, with Gerard. But yeah, the so like it opens with like this really like sinister like we're going down yeah. into the dungeon, we're going across well, the water it, with the with the cardinal, and it's not just thematically dark, yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's dark. It's, it's visually dark. Yeah, it's like very crimsony, like like a lot of like oranges and reds. And he goes down there, and there's a man being tortured. And the guy's like, "I stole some bread. I stole from he stole from the cardinal's personal carriage." He's like, "My family was hungry. I'm so sorry. And and please forgive me. Your, you know, please forgive me. Your eminence. Yeah. And, and the cardinal like forgives him like in the name of God, and then walks out. And you hear you see the like shadow the of the guy being yeah. murdered. And he just goes, "One less mouth to feed." And then the movie totally shifts entirely. Yeah. Like, Tim Curry is acting in a different movie, and I'm fine with it. 
the, okay, this is again sensitive, but like we're talking, we were talking about like the you know it being dark, like visually and everything like that. It was something that like didn't occur. Like I thought it when I watched the movie, but it literally like like the words for it just popped into my head. Everywhere else in this movie, because of the because of the wardrobe that he wears, this big basically like you know like. It, it, like religious robes and like ba- like a Darth Vader fucking cape. Yeah. Like in bright red. He stands out everywhere else, but here in these dungeon scenes and like at any time they are down in the yeah. dungeon, it's it, like for, like it's the only time that he ever fits into the scenery. It's fair, and that it to me, just all of a sudden like I went galaxy brained <laughs> on like like costume design and like all this kind of stuff. Just like like the only place where he visually fits in is in the like the dungeon. <laughs> like it just wow, it blew my mind for a second. But anyway, and the movie beautifully shifts from the one last mouth to feed line to. Chris O'Donnell as D'Artagnan, sword fighting with Gerard, played by the Eighth Doctor Paul McGann before he was the Eighth Doctor, uh, and they are they're sword fighting he, because D'Artagnan has like, soiled the sister's honor. My sister's honor is at stake. It's a, I he, told her I was going to Paris. She wanted to give me something to remember her by, like, and and you know, with like, a squawk, Paul McGann oh or Gerard continues to fight, and then it's D'Artagnan like, has just, won. Oh yeah, all all I want to do is go to Paris and join the Musketeers. You a Musketeer fantasy. <laughs> we will quote this whole movie if we are not careful. We will. So like so he. <laughs> Tanyan wins the duel. Well, if you, but okay, we we can't forget this little bit of like <laughs> of um, exposition. It's like you know, you oh, a musketeer. Yeah. My father was a musketeer. The king's personal bodyguard. The king was assassinated. Your, your father, father was, was a failure. failure. A disgrace to the musketeers. What did you say? Your father was a disgrace. And then my note is dueling intensifies. Yes. Um, and and so D'Artagnan wins, and the sword is at Gerard's throat. Gerard goes, "My brothers will avenge me," and sinks to his knees, and you see coming over the horizon riders coming four horsemen and he goes what already and he just leaves gerard and jumps on his horse and goes it's okay for this being a period piece film this movie has more epic chases than most modern action movies it's so funny meanwhile in paris or the chase is happening i guess and the chase is funny like d'artagnan uses the 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 scenery to knock everyone off their horses uh, to where it's just him and gerard finally again the stunt acting in this movie is bar none yeah it's so fun and and like i will probably gush more about it later but like sword fighting. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Like, I had such a lady boner for all the sword <laughs> fighting in this movie. So, he gets away, obviously. It comes down to him and Gerard. He jumps the, mm-hmm. you know, he, he jumps the, the log and Gerard is unable, horse, his horse stops. So, Gerard yeah. just lands flat on his hiney. Yeah. And just yells as... I'll get you, D'Artagnan! In the meantime, give our regards to your sister. And he rides off with a line that is fit for Dar- for Chris O'Donnell. Like, this movie, when I was a teenager, Chris O'Donnell had my heart. I'm not gonna lie. D'Artagnan was my, 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 and like, the I, love of my I, life as a young girl. I, like, I loved him too, but 
it wasn't until I go back and rewatching this, and I, I don't think I quite realized that he literally, like, basically stepped off the set of Scent of a Woman and onto yeah. this one. So, rewatching it this time and with, you know, a more critical eye, yeah. you know, because taking notes for the podcast and stuff, I was like, he feels a little creaky around the edges. Like, <laughs> you, you still, you still feel the new on him. Yeah. He, and he's so still there, like, there, there's he's still, got that new car smell. Yeah. Basically, it's like, there's a few times that I'm like, ooh, Honey, like, but also, this is something I'm going to bring up because I bring it up every time I've ever talked about this movie. Somebody, when he says the name D'Artagnan, other than one scene, he very slightly cocks his shoulder, like D'Artagnan, like, like he's got like this like bravado with the name, except for in one scene. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. And it makes me giggle. Ever since I realized what, like, film analysis was, right. that particular thing has caught my eye and made me giggle every time. But anyway, so um, then, meanwhile in Paris, uh, the Musketeers are being disbanded by right. Rochefort. Which... I okay. I I want to take like a split second, and I like I'm going to try from this point forward to stop mentioning the the BBC version. Yeah, <laughs> but watching this scene, um, like I I have the note that you know, for for you know all of the, like the other versions of the Musketeers that I have seen, um, Michael Wincott is the perfect Rochefort. Yes, and. My note that I have here is that, you know, Mark Warren was excellent in The Musketeers as Rochefort, but making Rochefort the main villain doesn't work. And it's, and especially in that, where he, where Rochefort as a main villain, he's played as like scheming and sinister, but like with a heavy dose of creepy stalker. Yeah. Um, This one, like Michael Wincott as Rochefort, he is perfect as like the right, like the loyal right hand man of evil, the literal and, mustache twirling villain. And the thing is, is like this Rochefort, he knows his job and he does it well. True, and it's like the efficiency of evil, and like it mm-hmm. fascinates me because, like, you know, even when like things aren't exactly going according to plan, and like. You know, you know, he, okay, three musketeers are still in the wind, find them. He's got people working on it, but he's, you know, he's letting them do all the work. Like, and he, he remains perfectly calm. Like, he is, he is the manager. Like, he is, like, it, it, like, I don't know, like, that hit me this time. And like, like I said, just the, the efficiency of evil and, and, how good he is at being the Cardinal's right-hand man. Well, and, and when he, even when he's giving the speech telling the, the Musketeers, you know, mm-hmm. your ranks are going to be transferred to the French, yeah. to the, the French infantry and, and all this kind of stuff. But and then he, you know, should even one of you resist the entire, the entire, whatever will be arrested and yeah, imprisoned. Yeah, order to disperse. Yeah. Should even one of you resist the entire court will be arrested and imprisoned all for one and one for all. And it's the most deliciously wicked smirk. And, so they the the musketeers begin to turn in their swords and their tunics and their tunics and Cardinal Richelieu. I really admired that last touch and and he and Richelieu yeah, fought. If, <laughs> like, yeah, if if I didn't know better, I should have thought you wanted them to riot. Well, it would have given us an excuse to arrest them. Hardly yeah. necessary. The musketeers are finished. There and are three. And meanwhile, you know they're scheming, plotting with the, 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 yeah. the, the That's what they're doing. Uh, three. And he, you know, no more, lo- no more loose ends. And the cardinal yeah. leaves, and Rochefort cuts three uh, candles, candles, and Athos, Porthos, Aramis. Yeah, uh, 
just and it's just this really yeah. like deliciously evil thing. D'Artagnan um, arrives in Paris. Oh, hold, wait, oh, hold on. We have we have D'Artagnan being a good boy. Oh, actually, have, okay. yeah, yeah. I was like, D'Artagnan yeah. arrives in Paris and promptly almost quote unquote res- saves. Yeah, rescues two, two ladies from bandits. Two. Uh, my note is two damsels not in distress. Uh, and actually, it's the queen and her lady waiting, yeah. Constance, and two, two personal bodyguards. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh god, I love it. What's your name? The queen just laughs yeah, and rides like, away once yeah, she realizes I, what oh happened. God, I love it. Um, it's like, I've come to Paris to join the Musketeers. Well, then I'm sure I'll be hearing your name again. Would that please you? <laughs> Ladies in waiting are forbidden to socialize with musketeers. I'm not a musketeer yet. With that kind of courage, you will be one soon enough. And then she, she's like, I look forward to whatever. Just, she rides oh off. Oh my god. I, and that's the only time. That's the first time Constance sees D'Artagnan. And the only time she sees D'Artagnan and before I, she confesses her love to the glad she loves him. It's really oh funny. Oh my god! To me. I I have had such a crush on Julie Delpy like <laughs> all of my life. Like this, like um, an American Werewolf in Paris remake. Like I mean, just, oh, so and, like, and the before movies. Yeah, she's a goddess. So um, D'Artagnan makes his way to the Musketeer headquarters, uh, where he runs into a surly man who is staring into the staring into the the now out fire. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've come to join the Musketeers. Well, you're too late. Yes, yeah, this Musketeer headquarters. This was Musketeer headquarters. And D'Artagnan's a little bit rude because <laughs> Athos is surly with him. Because I, I love... Because I love the the exchange is, you know, well, you know, the musketeers have been disbanded. They no longer exist. Well, how am I supposed to become a musketeer if they've been disbanded? I'd say you've got quite a problem. And he starts, like, Athos starts to walk off and D'Artagnan grabs him. He's like, you're not being very helpful. And it you just need imme- a lesson in manners, boy. Yeah, and it just immediately turns into, like, like challenge accepted. Because Athos is not having a good day either. So Athos says, we'll meet at the ruins at noon. And rides off. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, um, uh, Gerard finds Gerard and his brother show up. D'Artagnan. And there's a chase through Paris. D'Artagnan accidentally knocks into a a, a table table winch, and, and who knocks in a cup into the lap of a man mm-hmm. who this sash was a gift to me from the Queen of America. There's no Queen of America. I beg that they're different. Infants. infants. We're, We're quite on intimate terms unless you can prove otherwise. otherwise. Here's my proof. I'm not even looking at my notes oh, for these quotes. That's how bad this is. So he pulls his sword and here's my proof. It's, Little pimple. Oh, no, 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 no. It's twit of the month. Come to challenge the mighty Porthos. Thinks he's lightning with a sword. The mighty who? Don't, Don't tell, tell me you've never heard, heard of me. The world's biggest windbag. Little pimple. <laughs> Meet me by the Luxembourg at one o'clock. And bring a long wooden box. Bring your own. Which I did research because I'm me. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I like how where the place where they each uh, each duel is to take place uh-huh. really symbolizes the characters. Because mm-hmm. Athos is going to a ruin. That's yeah. pretty appropriate. Yep. Uh, and Aramis, we will see here in a minute, is going to a monastery. Dairy. So I was like, yeah. Lux- so the Luxembourg, what is that? Mm-hmm. The Luxembourg Gardens. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful hill with gardens. That's fitting. Like, uh-huh. it's just... It's Which, so fitting. I love it so much. Um, so then we yeah, see so Aramis. We have, we have second duel schedule. Yeah, and then um, Aramis is tutoring a young lady in her and, in her shift. 
And previously mentioned, like Charlie Sheen being the religious one in this movie, it never fails to but, make me laugh. But it fits with what happens here. So he's reading Original Sin, and apparently Which, it turns this chick on so much that she like throws herself at him. Like, and well, like there's he's nothing about Original Sin, and I lost all control and became impassioned. And, well, there's nothing unholy about expressing one's emotions. We should feel free to bang, bang, bang. Who's that? My husband. You're married. Which, if you remember. That's kind of how it goes in the BBC one too. Yeah. But it's like Aramis is sleeping with the Cardinal's lover. Yeah. And he ends up like like hanging out on a goddamn balcony. Not even a balcony, like a window ledge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Aramis like is in, the ladies in man. his like in his long johns. Yeah. So and then uh yeah. Oh, so, so we have, yeah, we must pray for our sins. Gunshot. On second thought, God's awful busy. <laughs> he ducks just in time for the to miss him. Yeah, so yeah. So he runs away and ends up landing on yeah. D'Artagnan as and he goes, Thank, Thank you. You, you broke, broke my fall perfectly. Yeah. And you know, D'Artagnan has had a bad day up to this point. Mm-hmm. So he Ooh, like in one day. So he gets into a little bit of a tiff with Aramis and he goes, There's one thing I can't abide, it's rudeness. You fell on me and I apologize for it. We're gonna quote this damn movie. I got stuck. Sorry. So meet me behind the monastery at two o'clock. Yeah. And they he goes, Three duels in one day. Meanwhile, so you think, back with yeah. the actual plot that should matter but doesn't, the, <laughs> the uh two patrols have been sent to uh mm-hmm. there you go. Um well, hold on. in between this, we have oh yeah 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 creepy, have, creepy queen and Richelieu right yeah creepy Richelieu cre- yeah queen queen not creepy Richelieu creeping on the queen is what I was trying to <laughs> so yeah you have you have, have queen yeah Anne is staring at like the world map that's on the wall yeah. and Richelieu's being creepy because that's what Richelieu does it, yeah he asks if she's unhappy and she said you know lonely or you know are yeah. the same thing because the king is very distant with her and you know and he he says you know well Austria's loss is France's gain well I'm not sure the king shares your opinion we've barely spoken since our wedding day and whenever we're together he seems uncertain and we have Richelieu you know well creepy. arranged marriages can be difficult your father and I thought yours would bring France and Austria closer together well countries align more swiftly than people I'm afraid pity love is i think wasted on the young he says as he looks tries to look down her dress yeah oh but at the end of this conversation louis bursts in to yell at the cardinal yeah for demanding the musketeers but he kind of stops short is he's anne she's like do you want me to go he's like no no no, please please stay stay. yeah and he goes i I just found out you disobeyed me and disbanded the musketeers well we need to prove the decision but not the timing timing. these men men are not just my guards they're they're my friends friends. well with the coming war with england you know like i thought it best to move swiftly well i will be the judge of what is best for me and for France. And his voice like rings across. Yes, the lo- and I the love you can you can see like and like she gets a little bit of a lady boner. <laughs> like it's great. Whereas immediately Cardinal um, is now plotting the death of Louis. <laughs> he's not happy. Yeah, so he's not happy with Louis or Rochefort because we have like the Red Guards go at this point. The Red Guards go to arrest the three. We have the three of them. We have like the standoff with yeah. with Rochefort and Porthos riding the chandelier down with the best quote of the movie. Well, one of the, there's so many good quotes in this movie. Rochefort, isn't that a smelly kind of a cheese? And then he he and Athos or not Athos Aramis, they kind of do this high five, but it's with their swords. Yes, like they just it's, clash swords. Yeah, it's I like love a fist it. bump. It's I great. love it. It's so um, funny. Well, but they, so they take out they've taken out all the patrols. All that's left now standing is Richelieu. Rochefort. Rochefort, sorry. Uh, and, you know, Rochefort's, like, the last time they saw him was at Rochefort's trial, conduct of becoming a musketeer. Yeah. I think that was the charge. Um, 
And yeah. as, love, as viewers, you kind of are getting the hint as to kind that of what there, happens. There's history. Yeah. Well, and not just that, but that he was yeah, like, it, it all, it all comes up at the, by the end yeah, of the movie. It all but, unfolds. And yeah. I, I do love, you know, Athos saying, you know, telling Rochefort, like you go back and tell the Cardinal, we will continue to perform our sworn duty, which is to protect the King. And we will use every means within our power to fight him. Bold words. I look forward to ramming them down your throat. Just, oh God, Michael Wincott is so good. And and they head out because yeah. they have some duels to fight. <laughs> and they, Athos, you cannot fight this boy. I am fighting him. Not until one o'clock. I've got to duel with him too. Not, not until, until two, two o'clock. o'clock. And then, uh, like, believe me, that when I, you know they pull off their robes, he goes, "I'm fighting musketeers." Oh no! Like you're, like you're a musketeer. You're all musketeers. You choose your opponent well, or should I say foolishly? And he goes, when I say, we'll bring you yeah. no pleasure in killing you. Well, he's, he's a feisty, feisty little fellow. Feisty, feisty indeed. <laughs> As Porthos and, and Aramis, Porthos and Aramis are the peanut gallery for this yes. moment. Because they're the grave diggers. Yeah. Um, so just before the duel begins, the same people they just took out in this tavern right around the corner. Only a fool would try and arrest us twice in one day. You're under arrest. A fool. And then... Uh, do you, are you going to come in peacefully, or do you intend to resist? <laughs> Don't be so stupid. Of course we intend to resist. Just give this us a moment, all right? And they huddle up, and D'Artagnan, it's like that, um... Oh, man. They just keep huddling up, and they push D'Artagnan yeah. out, like, three different times. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me, there are four of us. Yes. You know, and... There are five of them, three of us. Hardly fair odds. Excuse me, there are four of us. It's not your fight. You're not a musketeer. I may not wear the tunic, but I believe I have the heart of a musketeer. Warrior. Poet. You got a name, boy. And he drops his name, and all three guys look at each other and kind of give each other the nod, because they know the story of D'Artagnan's father. And so now they are going to fight. Now we're prepared to resist you, and sword fighting. Yes. A lengthy sword fighting scene. Yeah. Each one, uh, uh, Aramis takes two. Yeah. Porthos and Athos take take out the other ones, leaving D'Artagnan with the lead the lead yeah. guy and like they take out theirs with which Porthos does using uh I can't remember what that thing is called yeah uh, uh, is it a bolo something but yeah anyway so anyway. they they take out theirs uh, and look up and see D'Artagnan is like, still fighting God, still alive uh and if D'Artagnan eventually fights with the guy yeah. who falls off of one of the ruins yeah and which, you know like I was talking about like you know I mentioned the sword fighting earlier yeah. and like the sword fighting in this movie, like, it is so excellent, and it is probably, like, my favorite film, like, sword fighting, other than, like, Inigo and Wesley mm-hmm. in The Princess Bride. Like, that one is, like, that one, it, it's going to be hard to, like, topple that one off the pedestal. But. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a big fan of some of the Errol Flynn ones, too, but yeah. The the way that they do a lot of things, like the there's a moment where he jumps over the, where mm-hmm. Chris O'Donnell's character jumps over the sword, and like does like a backflip and then back into fighting, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, I personally love the moment when the two when Aramis just moves and the two stab each other because that's great. Yeah, but so the the fight they win the fight and Aramis is performing last rites on the dead because Aramis takes death very seriously. He used to be a student of the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And then they basically tell D'Artagnan, go home, marry, uh, find, a, find a fat wench, go Hold home, on, marry I, a wench. I've got it. Yeah. The, um, he, well, first it starts like, boy, you're too arrogant, hot-tempered, and entirely too bold. I like that. It reminds me of me. 
Um, but yeah, the don't uh, don't encourage him by helping us. The boy has made an outlaw of himself as well. Well, not if he leaves now. I can't leave. I just got here. But you go home, run, find a wench, raise fat babies, live a good long life. But what about the motto of the Musketeers? All for one and one for all. Wake up, boy. The Musketeers are just a dream. Because Athos is so cynical. Like Athos, yeah. that's just the way. It is. So the, the Musketeers right away. D'Artagnan get, D'Artagnan gets arrested. He, well, he mounts up and he's ready to leave, and he buys time for them. By yeah. yelling, long live the Musketeers, and charging at Richelieu. Yeah. Or not Rochefort. Richelieu, Rochefort. I'm going to do that a lot. They're both ours. Sorry. But he charges at Rochefort and gets knocked out, wakes up in the dungeon. Rochefort gives a monologue about the sword. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a beautiful, like, mm-hmm. beautiful sword. Gold, like a gold uh, hilt. Yeah. And he's like, where did you steal it? It was my father's. Oh. And... Tell Roche- me where to find the musketeers, and I'll give you back your father's sword. Give, give me back, back my father's, father's sword, and I'll cut out your heart. And so he knocks. He thinks he knocks him out and walks away. You're an idiot, like your father. Yeah. And he walks. Rochefort walks out of the room, and the jailer comes in. D'Artagnan comes to, knocks out the jailer, steals the jailer's clothes. Like good on D'Artagnan. Yeah. But then he gets lost because the dungeon is a very like I'm. I mean, labyrinthian place. It's like. You know, let's not forget, France is a place like known for the catacombs. Yeah. So, and he happens to see Rochefort leading a group, and he follows them at a mm-hmm. distance. Uh, he is leading Milady mm-hmm. and her her guards. He passes stealth check. Yep. <laughs> He's leading Milady and her guards to the cardinal, and you know. My favorite Milady quote happens immediately because oh your they, beauty would make even the most chaste of men think of impurity. I don't believe you suffer the burden of chastity. chastity. And then he, he kind of literally makes, a, makes grabby hands at her breast, and she. Uh, I was making an observation, not an offer. A snap of my fingers, and yeah. you'll be back on the block where I found you. And she, meanwhile, has pulled a dagger with a flick of my wrist. I could change it's like, your religion. It's, it's not just that it's, she has pulled a dagger; it's at his groin. Yeah, yeah. And so the flick of her wrist, she could change his religion. Mm-hmm. That is another one that just, I love that mm-hmm. moment. Because he may have all the power in their relationship, but she refuses to mm-hmm. be that type of victim. Yeah. You're very persuasive. For a moment, I forgot that your lovers have a tendency to end up dead. And D'Artagnan starts eavesdropping and overhears them talking about, she's, she's, yeah. no, he doesn't see her face, but he hears that, that, you know, she is taking a... Carry this tree to the Duke, Duke of Buckingham. Buckingham. You're making an alliance. The king has left me no choice. The boy is beginning yep. to believe that he should rule France instead of me. You're to leave at once for Calais. A ship called the Persephone will carry you to England. She sails Tuesday, Tuesday midnight. midnight. Buckingham's and signature must be next to mine before the king's birthday Friday. And D'Artagnan hears that part and starts to leave. And Rochefort catches him and knocks him out. And he wakes up in front of the cardinal. Yeah. How much did you overhear? Hardly a word, your eminence. I mean, with the noise. With the and, noise from the, from yeah. the dungeon. Like, it was, and, like, the voices were too soft. I could, I could hardly hear anything. And uh, he asks his name. And he you know says D'Artagnan. And. I, I love like the like the recognition, like because the Richelieu looks toward Rochefort, and Rochefort hits like like touches the eye that is missing. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, he was a musketeer, wasn't he?" Huh? Yeah. And like, Tim Curry is like so deliciously perfect in this. Yeah. Game. Well, he plays he really that part is. subtly enough that he yeah. didn't like. He saw his friend, not his friend, his minion's you know message, but he just play, keeps playing yeah. it straight. And then he asked D'Artagnan if he knows where the musketeers are, and he goes, I, I don't know where they are. Yeah. And if you did, I wouldn't tell you. So, but he's going to lose his head. Yeah. And that's the next, like, it goes into that. He's being, like, taken out to uh, yeah, to be beheaded. And uh, Gerard happens to arrive. Gerard and his brothers, D'Artagnan, don't, don't lose, lose your head. head. Paul McGann is a brilliant piece of, piece of comedy. He in this is movie. so goddamn funny in this movie. And 
as he, you know, as they're, he's getting measured for his coffin, D'Artagnan is, you have the priest reading the last rites, and he goes, for with you always, one for all, and all for, or all for one and one, one for, for all. And then this axe was a gift to me from the Tsarina of Tokyo. And they throw his head, and he kind of like half grins. And meanwhile, then you see uh, Athos knock out the, the guards on the cardinal's carriage, and yeah, you know the the moment occurs. D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan in this moment is the damsel in distress, and he yes. is rescued. Yeah, so they rescue D'Artagnan. That's not the last time he's the damsel in distress. In no, movie. not at all. Uh, they rescue D'Artagnan, who jumps into the driver's seat with Athos, and Aramis and Porthos jump into the back through the roof. And so now this is a sunroof, and this mo- this is the best chase in cinema history. I defy anyone to tell me that there is a more fun chase. It's, they discover the cushions I, fall off. The Cardinal's sacred snack chamber. Is he a man of God or a man of gold? Because they some of the cushions fall off, and they find like a decanter and booze, and then you they also find like a big thing of gold. Like oh my god! So so immediately Atha or Aramis takes the throw the coins, lad. The people are hungry, and he and also it works very well to block you know people driving yeah, through with but, champagne. It's like, we're in the middle of a chase, Porthos. You're right. right. Something, Something red. red. You can't have any. You're, You're too, too young. young. Which is hilarious because this is France. But, like, is anyone too young for wine in France? Yeah. I don't know. But so they're they're right. And he's like, you know, the king, you know, D'Artagnan begins to unfold the plot. Yeah. The king has a... Or not the king, sorry. The cardinal's plotting against the king. Tell us something we don't know. Yeah. He's got a he's got a secret messenger with yeah. a treaty to a man named Buckingham, the Duke of Buckingham. Who's that? He, well, he yeah, he rules England the way the cardinal rules France. So if uh, we get that treaty, we can prove the cardinal guilty of treaty. It sails it sails from uh sails it's called yeah. Persephone, it sails from Cali Tuesday midnight. Yeah. So, so then they have a mission. Yeah. And you know, they <laughs> it's so good because, like, at that moment, it's like turn here, here, and Porthos and Athos, or Porthos and Aramis, rather, yeah. collapse back down. That's it. Next time you, you drive, drive. <laughs> and they they pull into a depot essentially, yeah. uh, get out, and Athos says, "Porthos, the brandy." Ooh, what a waste! waste. And Athos sets the carriage on fire, rolls it, and into... rolls it into the gunpowder barrels. Yeah, they steal the horses from the cardinals, and the cardinal at this point is very angry. This was his personal carriage that they stole. So the cardinal is sending out, uh, sending out all uh, bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. But they ride off into the sunset <clears throat> and get to a tavern for the evening. They, they get their long rest. And at, while they're at the tavern, Porthos and Aramis teach the art of We have, yes, the, the manly art of wenching. Yes. Your first kiss must be all the things that you are. <laughs> if you, you may speak first if you like, your name, her name, and endearment or two. Trust me, words are a complete waste of time at this sensitive point. And Aramis, only the wrong words are a waste of time. So you have, like... But Porthos just grab I her. love the like the right words can make a more lasting impression than a thousand of Porthos's kisses. And the woman who Porthos just kissed, like, not likely. <laughs> and then Aramis, you know, he wrote his own poetry, so he quotes some of his own poetry to her, and she throws herself at him. Yeah, and like that moment, he just like gingerly like sits her back down, and and then so. I, so D'Artagnan's going to go try I'm his my, hand. Yeah, my note here is um, D'Artagnan fails his performance check. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> he he says poisoned face instead of passion face, and then immediately just gives up. And he's got high enough charisma; he just makes out with the girl. Yeah, I'm like, and bravo, then, the boy's a natural. And then some music starts, a lively tune. tune. I'm inspired to dance. Porthos gets up and begins dancing, and 
at this point, D'Artagnan turns to Aramis because Athos is sitting in the corner, and he's like, "Why? Why is Athos? Yeah. Why is Athos drinking by himself? Athos takes his drinking very seriously. seriously. So this is something my family has always done. Aramis takes takes uh, death seriously. Athos takes drinking seriously. Porthos, Porthos takes nothing seriously because it's just such a great like. Yeah. Once again, it just goes great character beats on everybody. So D'Artagnan wanders over to Athos and asks him to join them. Yeah, and he goes. Let's he's, see if you can. He's like, you fight like a man. Let's see so if you can, can drink, drink like one. Uh, what should we drink to? To love. Yeah, let's drink to love. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about. And we get the story of this count. And it, like I said before, this is such a good scene because he tells it as a third person. Yeah. Even though you it's know, like, I knew this count. Yeah, and he tells her the count and this woman who he was in love with. And one day she fell from her horse, and he saw a mark. She was knocked unconscious. She was knocked unconscious. Uh, he found a mark, a mark that somehow she had managed to keep hidden which, from him. Which, you got a question how that got kept secret, where that mark is. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It should be somewhere else. That's all I'm saying. But... So he sees the mark, and it's the mark of the fleur-de-lis, the mark given to those who are to be executed for murder. Yeah. And she she swore that she had was innocent of the crime. She was, you know... Of which she was accused. accused. But the Count wouldn't listen, and he, you know, sent her off to be killed. Yeah. Uh, all soon, yeah. yeah. Soon after, the Count realized how much she had meant to him, but it was too late. His betrayal was far greater than hers could have ever been. He gave up his life, or he gave up his title, his land, everything he believed in, never to be seen or heard from again, all because of love. And about that time, Porthos lands on the table that they are drinking at. Ooh, may I have this dad? And Athos just punches in the face and then laughs, which that's just like that Kiefer Sutherland laugh there is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next day they're they're riding and they get uh, ambushed. Yeah, cannon the, fight, cannonball fight. Basically, like the quartet, they get separated. Yeah, D- D'Artagnan and Athos ride together. Yeah, Aramis and Porthos ride together, uh, and so they they head out. Mm-hmm. Um. My next note is Anne and Constance talk about D'Artagnan yes. and Louis. Um, uh, that, and that's where and Constance that's, says, you know, she basically fell in love at first sight with D'Artagnan. And Anne says she basically did the same thing with Louis. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, love isn't easy kind mm-hmm. of thing. And you know, Constance goes to get her her towel. And then we <gasps> have Cardinal Creepy as fuck. Cardinal Creepy brings in the, yeah. ba- the, the bathrobe instead of Constance. Mm-hmm. And... Proceeds to hit on the queen in her personal chambers. The, it, there's, like, such a, like, lascivious, like, dripping tone to Tim Curry's voice. Because, like, it was, like, the thing is, like, the thing about, and th- this is true of, like, every Tim Curry performance, is, like, it's everything, like, he can be saying the most innocuous thing, but, like, it's, it's the way that he says the words. Because, like... Like what he what he says to her is, "Forgive me, your Majesty. I need your help, and could not in good conscience wait another minute." But he's literally like eyeing her up uh-huh. and down, up down, yeah. Like like she is a piece of meat to be devoured, and he's like, "Forgive me, your Majesty." You know, yeah. there it's like delivery in a way that only Tim Curry well, can and, do, and it's and then you know they talk about chastity. You know, he has this burden of chastity. And, he, and she says, well, your sacrifice brings you closer to God. It's not, yeah. It's not God, God to whom I wish to be close. And well, yeah, but well, he, he comes to her and he tells her, you know, that, you know, the king has fallen into a dreadful melancholy and wishes to postpone his birthday celebration. Well, perhaps he's concerned with more important matters like the coming war with England. 
which is why the celebration must be held, to show the world that the king of France can face an enemy on any field, to show France who is king, and he'll listen to you. And this, and Anne sees, sees the intelligence of what he's saying, and says and she'll speak to him, but she shuts down everything else. I mean, like, he's so pervy, like, I basically blacked out for the rest of the She day. shuts him down. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, and so then Athos and uh, Athos tells D'Artagnan about what happened to his father. They Dar- knew his father by reputation. Yeah. Because well, it sounds like D'Artagnan just knew his father died pregnant the king. He did not know mm-hmm. he was betrayed by another musketeer, which for those of you mm-hmm. paying attention, clue into that Rochefort is the yeah. one who, who had D'Artagnan's father killed. He uncovered a plot to assassinate the king. Yep. He was led into a trap by a fellow musketeer then murdered. And before they can really talk more, they are ambushed They're, yet again. Yeah, and so Athos... And Athos's horse is killed. Yeah, well, Athos holds off the attackers and sends D'Artagnan off to Calais. Who, and, and as D'Artagnan's jumping on his horse, he actually gets wounded. Yeah. Uh, and so he, you know, he says goodbye, he goes, I'll never forget you, and Athos is like, go or I'll kill you myself, boy! Yeah. So he, he rides off, and uh, I'm trying to find my notes. This, from here, we have... Um, Ah, Louis, right, Louis and Louis and the Cardinal. Yeah, Richelieu says sorry. I'm miss- Louis is uh, is trying to duel, and it's so like he's so. I mean, he's he's learning. Yeah, but he, well, he's yeah. also like he's just so like uh, like trembly. I guess yeah. is the right way to put it. So he sends everyone um, else out of the room, and he he confronts Richelieu. Yeah, like he says, eminence, "I've been hearing some disturbing rumors about you," and I do love this scene. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is good, and because you know he says, you know, I've been hearing some disturbing rumors. It's like, and the cardinal's like, okay, yeah, there's loads of those, and Luis's betrayal, and I do love like this, basically like this little monologue that Richelieu has. He says, ah, oh, yes, that's usually the first. Let me see if I remember it correctly. While the English attack from without, the wicked cardinal undermines from within, forging a secret alliance with Buckingham and placing himself on the throne. But really, your majesty, why stop there? I've heard much more festive variations. I make oaths with pagan gods, seduce the queen in her own chamber, teach pigs to dance and horses to fly, and keep the moon carefully hidden within the folds of my robe. And and that's called making a straw man, kids. Anyway. Know, I, like, the using such like like using like hyperbolic truth yeah to disguise the actual truth like it is an amazingly like excellent deflection and louis goes it does sound far-fetched you're right yeah and he was you know i was just speaking to the queen about your birthday and how excited he's she is like and and said she was excited to come he's such a puppy and i love like him. they just need like a half an hour with like locked in a room with nobody like no mm-hmm. pressure to do anything mm-hmm. just talk Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Sorry. meanwhile, D'Artagnan arrives. You know, he, he's almost to Calais, but he collapses on the road. In he's front once of the again the damsel in distress. Uh, he is rescued by Milady. You, yep. because uh, she he's, goes, "Ooh, he's handsome. Put him inside with me." He is such a little boy. Yeah. Like, so she, he, she, he wakes up to the cleavage of Rebecca de Mornay. <laughs> like he, he is like nestled in her bosom almost. Yeah. That, that is one thing like with this movie, there, there are definitely like some shots that I'm like, okay, that wasn't necessary, no. but it's, but that is what he sees upon coming yeah. to. And you know, she tells him you were I, injured. We took care of you. And, and he's like Tuesday midnight. And like, you know, once, once he's for a moment out of the spell, I, 
Yeah, basically. This is the moment he doesn't turn his shoulder, by the way. Yeah. He looks like a vulnerable little boy. Yeah. In this moment. I mean, he's basically like, he's basically like, just like stripped down to his boxers. And like, and she plays him like a fiddle. Oh um, yeah, like oh. he's he's an idiot. He's an infant. <laughs> yeah, well, and like and he tells her he's just like he ends up telling her like I came to Calais to stop a spy, and I'm like you goddamn moron. Because she's like they, like this she's like oh your job can't be very important. Uh, you know, he's like, I'm on a job for the king. Oh, you can't be on something very important. I just stop spy, okay? It's like like oh, I believe you. I mean, she puts the move on him and is pulling the knife. Okay, like, literally, like, the moment, like, when he says, I came to Calais to stop a spy, I facepalmed, and I was like, God, this was the moment that I'm like, holy fuck, it is Aertian. He's just a child. But, so, yeah, her guards come, he actually overpowers her, but her guards come in. Yeah. Put an end to that pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, they're, and they, they try to, to head out to meet the Persephone, but, um, her, her brother-in-law, Cap- uh, Lord, Lord De Winter, Lord De Winter, like Lord De Winter's brother, uh, has comes, arrived. Yeah, comes looking for Milady, so they sneak out, out the back, back. door, uh, and they make it to the to the uh, ship, and permission have more permission granted. Which, if you recognize voices, you know that voice yeah, immediately. Permission granted. You're like, oh, interesting. Yeah, but. As a child, I did not. Oh recognize yeah, that and voice. eight eight year old me, I'm like, yeah. I have no goddamn clue. So they they Porthos board the, the ship. Everyone's dead. Well, not all of us. And yeah, Porthos and, and Aramis, and Aramis. Have arrived first. Yeah, set up an ambush. They're able to to begin taking everyone out. Yeah, you know, D'Artagnan helps where he can. Yeah. They yeah, Porthos and Aramis like they take out Milady's men kind of on well, the ship because once they hear once Milady's men hear it's Porthos the pirate, like three of them just jump off the ship. Pirate. I told you it was famous. And then you have the uh, the well, samurai esque bodyguard. That, that's a guy like I never understood. I love what happens, and that's all that matters. Yeah, they Indiana Jones him. Yeah, exactly. so like he pulls out two swords and is like, and, like doing like these complicated mm-hmm. moves, and he's like, and Porthos just you know knocks something loose he, and like, he falls he, into he the bottom of his there. like karate yelling, yeah. and then and hits something loose, so the guy falls into the bottom of the ship and yeah, falls so, out. Yeah. And then Milady takes off. Like the moment there's trouble, Milady runs. Yeah. And unfortunately for her, Athos has arrived and sees her. You know, and he, and he calls her like, by name. Well, he doesn't like like she's just running off. Like I don't think he sees her at first. Well, he then, but he recognizes her. That's the yeah. thing. It's not that he yeah. knows she. Once he he clues in, she's the spy yeah. very quickly. But he's he says mm-hmm. her name, which I forgot her real name. Um, Sabine. Sabine. Which that was like the little bit of trivia there was for this movie was like. You know, her real name is never actually given. Here's a list of like 15 names that she uses. Sabine is never one of them. <laughs> so he says Sabine, and she's like, "I thought you were dead." Cardinal Richelieu took pity on me. You're the spy, and that like he pull he puts his gun up, and she's like, "Be kind, name for my heart." Yeah, like I I will shoot. And at that time, Lord De Winter arrives and yeah. says, "Milady, I will not That's be so kind." kind. Uh. She died, like, and they get the treaty. Like, the, the, the guy immediately, yeah. you gotta love that De Winter's like, yeah, sure, take the treaty. I don't care. This is like, I just die. want her head. Yeah. So they read the treaty and it promises a show of power on the king's birthday. Yeah. But they don't know what that means. So Athos, they they need more answers. So Athos goes to see, he goes to see Milady. And this, you know, that's that's the moment where she says it, you know, she lets him know it wasn't before. First, they have like a, a conversation about. You know, they, can you get me out of this situation? Yeah. And, you know, he's 
He's apologetic, but he it's like I, I have some, you know, like basically, it's like they know, like if anybody is going to be able to get answers out of her, it is going to be him. Yeah, and so he goes down to try to get these answers, and he starts off with a with a tactic of being kind of you know sympathetic, and mm-hmm. you know, like and. And she, this, this line, like these, this one exchange, like killed me this time because she says there was a time, there was a time I would have given my life for a kind word from you. And his response is, I could not give it. I was a fool. And like the, just the exchange and like the acting is just, oh my God. The softness me. he brings to that yes. line. The and I was a fool. it's like, and, and during this conversation, you know, she says, you know, she says to him, you know, I've become the nightmare you once thought me to be. Yeah. And like, you know, we're talking about just like the acting in this scene and it, you know, it's something that I never appreciated until this moment. It's like, it's like, it's, you're watching two masters at work yeah. and, and you see the look on his face, which I will say the, normally I don't have. Like, I don't have a problem with facial hair. I like a beardy man. How, like, in this movie, there are a couple of times, just because he has, like, the full face beard, yeah. it does make his expression a little hard to read occasionally. Yeah. And so a lot of it comes down to vocal inflection. But in this moment, like, because, like, this movie, I mean, like, th- this movie, it's kind of a fast-paced movie. Oh, yeah. But, like, in this scene, like, it takes time to slow down and give the characters a chance to breathe and to deal with, you know, especially her to deal with their choices. Yeah. And, and in this, he looks so gutted. Yeah. That he's, that no matter what he does, he can't spare her. Well, he kneels down in front of her and talks to her yeah. and, and, you know, he says the, you know, I can't, I can't save you from having to face these crimes. Yeah. So, did you really kill his brother? I've, that's when she said yeah. the monster line and he goes I, I can't save you but how you choose to leave this world is up to you yeah and she refuses to help yeah and then we get to the execution they climb a hill and and they're on these beautiful cliffs overlooking the sea mm-hmm. and she's about to be beheaded the ex yeah it's like the the executioner like has raised his sword and athos just screams stop and falls to his knees and begs for her forgiveness because in the previous it, scene she also revealed that she was not she really was falsely accused at the yeah. beginning and he just begs for her forgiveness I, and he says i'm so sorry and she says i forgive you and, and she then kisses she re- him. And she kisses him and reveals the truth. The cardinal intends to assassinate yep. the king on Friday's birthday celebration. And then she walks off the cliff. Yeah. And, you know, the, the guy says, God's justice be done. And uh, Aramis reads reads part of the last rites. But yeah, yeah. It, that scene is Just powerful. It, the Athos sitting there and, like, taking this in and then having the wherewithal... Mm-hmm. Like one, like the fortitude to actually stand back up. I'm like, like no. I'm like, I would be like, I live here now. Like and I, he's, I yeah. right here. The fact that like he mm-hmm. is able to stand up and then say the king's life is in danger. We have work to do. 
And then we see, like, it flashes back over to Richelieu and Rochefort. I actually thought this scene was mostly unnecessary, but I get I get why it was there, to show us how the king was going to be assassinated. Yeah. But we see the assassin as a sniper who believes that that God should come above man. Yeah. Whatever you're paying, devil it. Yeah, king, no kings before God. Yeah. And put this po- the painting that he used for target practice in my room as it is, and that's the whole mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. So we we know now it's a sniper. Yes. <laughs> like, that was important for us to know as the viewer, but that's it. And then we get the montage of all for one, one for all calligraphy, <laughs> and they're riding through the forests and shooting crossbows with all for one, one for all mm-hmm. written. And you see that you see that everybody may have turned in their stuff, but they all got spares. Yeah. They got to do laundry sometime. And what if a sword breaks? You got to have extra. Yeah. So you see people like unpacking like where their their stuff has been hidden in mm-hmm. like cast the veil blocks under the floor. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And then it is the king's birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they arrive at the celebration kind of in disguise. Mm-hmm. And D'Artagnan is sent to go look for the, yeah, the assassin. Like you, like you, you scout the perimeter. Yeah. And meanwhile, Anne and Louis are getting like meeting to walk out. And for the first time, they're on the same page. They're yeah. like, Richelieu is bad. <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know, but we'll do it together. Mm-hmm. And they hold hands. So they are fine. Like they're holding hands, but they kind of like finally. Yeah. Like have this like, okay, we are a force. Like we're together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and luckily D'Artagnan at just the right moment finds the sniper and is able to kick him out of yes. position as the trigger is pulled. It's yes. the, and then, you know, my, Athos, Porthos, and Amos reveal themselves. The musketeers are trying to kill the king. Oh my God. My note is, and I've forgotten because I, I wrote these, like, I didn't feel all that well when I was watching this movie. Like, this movie made me feel better, like, <laughs> mentally, but, like, physically, I still felt like crap. And so I was kind of delirious for uh, for um, uh, little bits and pieces. And my note is, D'Artagnan foils the gunman, then in all caps, MUSKETEERS, ASSEMBLE! <laughs> yeah, because you have the three musketeers. <laughs> you have Athos, Porthos, and Aramis standing there in front of, in front of the the balcony of the, yeah. the palace and all of the Cardinal's guards, <laughs> then, you hear like the swords unsheathed yeah. and you see it's just and the three then, of them. Yeah. And then behind them, everyone's like, like a horde. And, like, I know like, like this is one of those weird, like this is what we were talking about the other day. We get emotional about stupid yeah, yeah. times. I got, emo- like I got <laughs> at this moment just because like that moment of assembling and revealing themselves. Yes. And we, you know, we got your back kind of yeah. thing. And save the king, yells Athos. Save the king. Uh, and meanwhile, poor D'Artagnan is still on the roof fighting the sniper. <laughs> D'Artagnan should have been dead a long time ago, but that's okay. <laughs> the fact that he's clinging later on, just clinging and to he, that apparently flag. Apparently he has a very high armor class. Uh, and he makes his deck he's saves. He's clinging that flag. I'm like, dude, just cut the flag. Like, There's no way that that flag is harder to cut than D'Artagnan is. Yeah. But yeah, so D'Artagnan's still fighting the guy. Everybody's fighting. Um, you get some fun stuff with Porthos <laughs> and Aramis, like through the whole thing. Aramis shoots somebody and says, "Go with God!" Like, and crosses them in the yeah in the uh, smoke of the gun. Finally, yeah. Porthos wakes. Uh, like, I think, I think Athos, our friend could use some help. Aramis once points out, yeah, it's Athos, yeah. And so Aramis or not Aramis, Porthos pulls out like a little mini crossbow, yeah, hand crossbow, and, yeah. and shoots up there. And <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, he, yeah. Athos, or Porthos, Porthos shoots the the gunman, 
and who, like who then like falls to his death. Meanwhile, Richelieu, Rochefort, and the rest of the guards have yeah. rushed Anne and the king back into the throne room. Yeah. and Richelieu has monologued. Yeah, he revealed I've got, his dastardly plan. I've got that because because Rochefort still has D'Artagnan's father's sword. Yes, and and you see him like walking like menacingly toward. Um, yep. you know, toward uh, toward King Louis, and it, the um, like, the cardinal is saying, you know, the King of France dies at the hand of his own personal guard, grief stricken, terrified. The huddled masses turn for comfort to their devout spiritual leader, who, ever so humbly, assumes the throne with the queen by his side. I would rather would die. die. That can be arranged. It like, but oh, first, it, it's so. Yeah. Oh my god! First, yeah, but for, at first, yeah. your reluctant husband will be found pierced through the heart by the sword of a musketeer, the, the same, same sword, sword that failed to protect his father. And, and about that time, the musketeers breach the castle, yep. and, and Athos takes on Rochefort. Yep, and, and uh, Aramis and Porthos are still yeah. fighting their way through. Uh, they start Richelieu and the guards start taking the queen and king to the secret mm-hmm. dungeon. Uh, yeah. Which the secret dungeon doors are super obvious, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Aramis tries to block. Aramis goes after but the cardinal. Also, my mother has and my mother has always said this, so I've got to throw it out there. My mom admires Anne because Anne struggles. Yes. The king like valiantly like I'm going to be a man about this. No, Gabriel Anwar's Queen Anne is like y'all. I yeah. am not go. You are going to drag yeah. me every step of yes. the way. You are going to earn my death. <laughs> And so, so yeah, I love because you can see like her hair is a mess. Mm-hmm. She is like dragging her feet, like they're having to physically pull her. Yeah, I and I love the physicality of that. Mm-hmm. Like Anne is like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. <laughs> so then Aramis like blocks them, leaving so soon. Oh, you know, I abhor bloodshed, especially your own. You and, are under arrest, charged with treason. Yeah. You of all people should know that the cardinal does not answer to the laws of men. Then, then you'll answer, answer to, to God. God. And Richelieu has a hidden derringer. He shoots. Yeah. He shoots. Aramis says, you first. And they walk away. Porthos sees this. Sees his boy go down. Yeah. And he, he just he like. See, he sees Aramis sprawled out on the floor. He pushes between like. All the other people are like. like there there are fights going on. And he just like fucking like. Pushes he runs through the down middle the middle of fights. It's yeah. great. To get to Aramis. Who. At, at this point D'Artagnan arrives. Yes. And Athos has been injured. D'Artagnan takes up the fight. Because Athos. Is, from because Athos, Athos has yeah. been injured. He's been stabbed in the arm. Yeah. So Athos rushes over to where. Well, the, the sword of, of D'Artagnan's father has also mm-hmm. landed at his feet. Yeah. So D'Artagnan picks up his father's sword. And then throws and Rochefort the other. says, I think this is mine. Yeah. And they begin their fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athos, meanwhile, Athos is so tired. She's like, yeah, you're good. Okay, take over. Yeah. And then so, we, and Aramis, the, we find that the Aram- bullet has hit his crucifix. Yes. So see, told you there was a god. <laughs> And so and the three musketeers are off to they, save they the king. Charge, they charge into the dungeon, and now they're splitting the party because there's a three. There's there's three different ways to go. Yeah. So they split the party, and you know each each turns, and we only really see we only follow Porthos. Yeah, really. we only follow Porthos which because is he weird. fights someone ugly. He fights big ugly. Yeah. Well, Aramis makes sense. It, it makes sense why we don't follow Aramis because Aramis somehow found a shortcut. Yes. Like I wonder if he found somewhere he could like jump down, da- jump down and stuff because yeah. it doesn't show us. But excuse me. But uh, so anyway, then D'Artagnan yeah. is still fighting Richelieu and like the the. 
the Porthos fight is yeah sorry the Porthos fight is the one I've always like grimaced my way through because I I hate it 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 lasts like two seconds it feels a lot longer when you're a kid FYI yeah it really really does (laughs) Um, it and so he he has to stop and fight somebody so he he gets even further behind the cardinal it's all it is like I I almost wish like we could have completely cut out um the Porthos fight and just stayed on D'Artagnan yeah. and Rochefort. But so D'Artagnan and Rochefort continue fighting. D'Artagnan loses it's, his... It's a matter of pacing. Yeah. I mean, it... Yeah. The, the Honestly, like, I say it, like, it like it completely feels unnecessary. And, like, plot-wise, it is. But if it was just, like, an extended yeah. scene of, like, D'Artagnan and Rochefort, yeah. that would feel too long. But if we just jump straight into the big reveal... Yeah. And like you know, like saving the day, then that feels too, too short. Yes, I agree. So yeah, it's like there had to be something. I just don't think it needed to be that. So Porthos has his fight, but D'Artagnan and Rochefort are fighting. D'Artagnan loses his sword, and we see Constance at the stairs, mm-hmm. right near the sword. Mm-hmm. And like this moment is good. Yes, like it is. D'Artagnan's basically just dodging at this point, mm-hmm. and he gets to the point where he's fallen. He's he is the dodge action. He is just dead tired and he has fallen to the ground near mm-hmm. those stairs and Rochefort basically says it's sad you're going to be killed by the same man who killed your father and that that's actually the first time yeah. D'Artagnan's aware of that fact yes so the the poignancy for us is it's been there the whole time mm-hmm. D'Artagnan's been totally unaware of it but uh Constance throws him the sword at the last yeah. moment and D'Artagnan stabs Richelieu kills not Richelieu Rochefort and kills him uh, and he and he says, you know, you're not much of a man or whatever. I might have been mistaken. And he dies on the stairs mm-hmm. with the eye just closing. Like, yeah. that, part's, that part's kind of always amused to me. I'm like, that's yeah. a weird death. A L- little bit. Meanwhile, uh, Athos and Porthos have made it to where they now see the king and queen have been are being taken by the cardinal out of the palace. Uh, and the cardinal says, I'll return twice as strong. Yeah. Uh, even I'll though... Return, and the throne will be mine. I think not. And Aramis reveals he's the boat. He's the, he got down there yeah, first, and he's, he's driving the boat. He's and you'll never yeah. harm another person. Yeah, you'll never harm another soul again. My promise to God. And the king yells out, "Wait!" No, no, no. The cardinal yells, "Wait!" I thought it was the king. No, no, no. The cardinal yells, "Wait!" And then he does that grin. No, it's the king who yells, "Wait!" I thought it was no, no, it's I, because he grins like I'm going to get out of this. Like I've I've gotten out of this. The king's gonna gonna be like, "You can't beat up a cardinal." And then the king punches him in the face and knocks him in the water, which the queen has already gotten herself free of her guard and yeah. gotten to the back of the boat. So the cardinal winds up in the water. But yeah, Louis punches the cardinal off the boat and then turns and kisses the fair maiden, who is totally down for that. Yep. And we go to being in the throne room, yep. and, the, and it is a full packed house as yeah. D'Artagnan and the three musketeers make their way to the front. Yeah. And and Louis, you know, like like D'Artagnan is like formally yeah. presented and and Louis asks, you know, I'm in your debt, like what can I do to repay you? And, and he doesn't actually say anything because no, he's like Well, you know, cause, you know, but Athos says, you know, your majesty his heart has but one desire to become a musketeer. Two desires. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but he says one desire. Yeah. yeah. The um, and so I do, I love this speech that Louis yeah. gives. And so you know Louis has him step forward and kneel. And Louis' speech is, uh, "This world is an uncertain realm filled with danger. 
Honor undermined by the pursuit of power. Freedom sacrificed when the weak are oppressed by the strong. But there are those who oppose these powerful forces, who dedicate their lives to truth, honor, and freedom. These men are known as musketeers. Rise, D'Artagnan, and join them. And as he rises and walks down the stairs, Constance walks out, and he, like, dips her down and gives her a very lovely kiss. <laughs> And like, my mom always went, so that, that law's going to get repealed real fast, ain't it? But, and the three musketeers like, smile. I love the, like, one tear from Porthos. Porthos. <laughs> and uh, Aramis, like, hits him, like, what's wrong with you? And those three, like, put their hats on, turn around, and walk out. D'Artagnan finishes making out with Constance and catches up. Yeah. And so what, what happens now? Well, we protect the one. Yeah, protect uh, the king. Protect, protect the, the queen. And, and France, France, correct? correct. And then you hear, D'Artagnan! My sister's on. I cannot wait a moment longer. And it's Gerard and his brothers. And D'Artagnan's like, I got this. D'Artagnan, we also protect each other. And D'Artagnan grins. All for one. And one One for for all. all. As they do like the the beautiful sword cross there. And you just see the credits of the movie (laughs) roll over. As the entire Musketeer Corps. Gerard and his brothers are running from the entire Musketeer Corps. It's, oh my god. And it's like, that's how the movie ends. It's so fucking funny. Oh man. Like, and then. And then it ends with a song called All for Love by Rod Stewart, Brian Adams, and Sting. It is single-handedly, the cheesiest end credit song ever. Did we ever watch this music video together? Because I have it on we, the DVD. We did not. We did not watch it together, but I remember exactly what happened. Because when we were in college, um, and it was one of, I think it was like my last semester, and um, uh, Anne and I, because Anne and I had a ritual of like, you know, when we wanted to watch a movie, like we would flip through like my my stack of them, and... And we'd kind of narrow it down to a couple, and then we'd choose from that. And just for whatever reason, we were in a very specific mood, and I didn't have what we wanted to watch. But I remembered you had the Three Musketeers, so I walked upstairs and borrowed it from you. And then she and I watched it. And we, like, again, I'm like, it's my last semester of college. Like, we have a shit ton of stuff going on. Most of the time in college, like, you spend 90% of the time punch drunk. So, one, like, we we were thoroughly enjoying this movie. (laughs) However, we were probably laughing a bit harder than you normally would because we were so tired. And then, because, you know, this is the first time I'm watching this movie on a DVD. Because I've always been watching it, like, on the VHS that we recorded when I was a kid. Yeah. And so we, you know, we finished the movie. It automatically kicks back to the, the menu. To the menu, and I was like, "Special features? What?" And so I flipped through, and it's the music video. And I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna check this." It's and I start so nineties. And what I vividly, vividly remember is like her and I watching this and howling with laughter to the point like. It hurt. Like, I, like, my throat was raw. I laughed so hard. We were in tears. Yep. And I remember when you gave me the movie, you had told me you had just bought it. You hadn't watched it yeah. since you bought it. And so she and I fucking break land speed records, <laughs> running up four flights oh, of man, stairs yeah, and was... pounding on your door. And, like, you open it and we were like, have you watched the special features? And I had not. And you were like so bewildered. And I like we basically just like pushed past you and like put it in the DVD player and like made you watch this video with us. And we still thought it was the goddamn. It was, so funny. It was so the bad. funniest fucking thing we had ever, ever it is, seen. It is very painfully early 90s. And 
I'm like, you know, like I mentioned, you know, this movie, it's like the most 90, like 90s, yeah. like cast you are ever going to get. A team up of Brian Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart was the fucking most like, yeah. like musical, like 90s musical team up you were going to get. Yeah. Like this movie is like, it, this, the movie might be set in the 1700s, but it, it is the most <laughs> 90s movie you were ever going to get. Such a great movie. Like, like it, oh my God. It, it can't really, be improved it, upon because like, you can't get those type of people to do a movie like this. No. Like, it's just, it's one of I, my favorites. Okay, it's like, too. to be perfectly honest, like this is going to sound like a weird way of describing it, but like this movie was like Avengers for the nineties for us. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, because like having all of these stars in yeah. it and, and making, you know, like a very fast paced, funny action movie. Yeah. This movie, it was absolutely the Avengers of the nineties. Yep. And I mean, it's not a superhero movie, but, but I, it might as well it be, it might as well, it might as well be. And my god like it's just so much fun like if you just want something to make you smile yeah. and don't take it seriously like just I mean, enjoy absolutely. it just enjoy like, the there, ride. there is so much like hilarity to be enjoyed in this movie yeah and i i just i love it like there's a reason like why it is one of like my favorite movies of all time yeah and and like and i appreciate it like as you know it, it's one of those movies like i just grew up quoting it no, oh, yeah. Just, like, not, like, I didn't understand anything. I just parroted whatever. But, like, it's some, like, it's a movie that, like, I appreciate it more as I get older. And, yeah. like, it's not even that, like, it takes on, like, different shades of meaning. Because, like, it's not that. No. It's just, like, you know, certain things are funnier now. Or, yeah. you know, like, it's just, it's something like that. It, it's one that, like, it, 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 with, it withstands the test of time for me. And yeah, it's just, it's cheesy, but it's funny. Like, I mean, obviously don't go into it expecting a historical reenactment no, of the I mean, book it is, or anything okay, like that. Dude, there, because you and I watch a lot of, you know, we've, we watch a lot of like period movies and oh, yeah. you know, television oh, shows yeah. and things like that. This, this is the first one that going back and rewatching it, there were so many times in this movie, specifically when D'Artagnan knocks over the, uh, uh, like his first interaction with Porthos um, when they uh, blow up the gunpowder, the carriage, there were like a handful of moments that like I had, like it was like the framing of the shot or what somebody was wearing or like how they were acting or whatever. But like there were times in this movie that like there would be just a shot or like something in frame and it would flash in my brain of like, I've lived this moment at Ren Fair. <laughs> That's fair. There are some there are <laughs> yes. some unfair moments in it. Yeah, for sure. Like absolutely and like like some of the stuff in the tavern, like it absolutely like th this movie is basically like it's like Ren Fair enacting a D and D game. Yeah. And it it brings me so much joy. Me too. And I love it so much. Do we want to give this movie a rating? Or I mean, I think we already kind of gave it away. Yeah, it's five yeah, out of five. It, like, absolutely. Like, but, screw you, Roger Ebert. You didn't know what you were talking about. I mean, how often are like we going to accept the word of like you know That's of, of a dead white man as how, as, how often like, are we going to accept God? the word of any critics? To be honest, for us, I thought I thought you were going to say like any white man, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> yeah, this movie is my, from my childhood to now. I. Like, it, part of it may be nostalgia goggles, but Probably. I just, it's just fun. Like, yeah, and, it's and just, this, 
It, it took me three hours to watch it because I got two phone calls in the middle. But still, it took me about that long to watch it because, like, I just felt terrible and I kept, <laughs> I kept pausing it to take notes. Um, and also, like, basically, it, it was that thing of like, do you ever like a song you love comes on and but you're distracted and you think, oh no, I have to start this over because I yes. wasn't because I didn't love this hard enough in the moment. That's exactly what I was doing with this movie. I would pause it to like take notes, but like it would interrupt yep. like the flow of the scene. And I'm like, well, I have to back this up to fully appreciate Oliver Platt's delivery of this line. The, when I was taking notes for an OTP, I'm getting to do. I had to do that a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Ugh. I mean, but this, like I said, just kind of needing a palate cleanser. Yeah, this this was the perfect movie, and it has out. like a few tastes of romance. It did, uh, like I, as I said, a sousson. It's <laughs> like a tiny. It's it's a smidgen. It's <laughs> there's more romance between Anne and Louis than there is between Constance and D'Artagnan. But even that pales in comparison to like the intensity that you feel between Athos and Milady. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, like, yeah. it's just the tragedy in that is beautiful and it's done in like 10 minutes. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It like, and that's, that's all it needs. Oh, it, yeah. Like any more. And I think it would have tipped the scale. I it, agree. It's, it just gives that nice little smattering of taste in there. Yeah. Makes you think they knew what they were doing. <laughs> Yeah, because obviously nobody did. Oh no! Like th- this, this was dick around the movie. I was, like, th- I, like I'm sad that there's no gag reels because can you imagine Kiefer and Charlie and Oliver just screwing around? Like I literally, I'm like I just like my life would be complete if I had a <laughs> gag reel for this movie. I'm like I would never need to accomplish anything else in my life <laughs> because that, like, that would be the epitome. Like receiving that gift like i no no nothing would ever top that <laughs> um but anyway i mean we've we've rambled about oh, yeah. this movie for ages and uh, like we we could go on we could have put it the whole movie but we're not gonna do we that we could i'm like i it took restraint man yeah um but anyway do you have anything else to add darling that is all for me okay i have nothing else to add either so that will get it for this episode of couch buddies thank you for sticking with us through this one and we thank you very much for listening so we'll catch you next time bye Bye. if you enjoyed this episode of couch buddies why not leave us a rating and review over on itunes and while you're at it don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com. <laughs>